China has finally stepped over the line, so I'm sure the Biden administration will write them a very harsh letter. Uh, prison should be never be enjoyable, even before a criminal is going to be put to death, and New York is proud of their new and rather odd bureaucracy. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Big day today. This will be my last podcast of the week. Getting married on Saturday. Just shaved my face, cut my hair. I'm looking pretty sexy. I will say I'm looking pretty sexy. Other things, which makes it a big day. Um, today is my 30-day sober pin. Yay, I get my little badge today. If you don't know, I am an alcoholic. I'm recovering. Uh you know, you never are a recovered alcoholic, but I've gone 30 days with no drinking, and I am doing really, so it is a big week. All right, now, let's get to some, uh, let's get to, to our stories today, and there are some big ones. Here's, here's a really disturbing story that requires a strong government and a strong response, and neither of which we're going to get. So, According to Fox News, and this is a huge story. Of course, no one's going to talk about it. Fox News is all over this. But outside of that, yeah, you're not going to hear anything. The FBI and federal prosecutors announced Monday the arrests of two New York residents who allegedly ran an undisclosed Chinese police government police station in Manhattan's Chinatown neighborhood. Lu Jian Wang and Chen Jingping have each been charged with conspiring acts uh, conspiring to act as agents of the chi- of China's government according to the US Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York. Brian Peace, the US Attorney for the office, said China's Ministry of Public Service MPS has repeatedly and fr- flagrantly violated our nation's sovereignty including by opening and operating p- police stations in the middle of New York Station, New York City. Two miles from our office, just across the Brooklyn Bridge, this nondescript office building in the heart of bustling Chinatown in Lower Manhattan has a dark secret. Until several months ago, an entire floor of the building hosted an undeclared police station of the Chinese National Police, Peace said. Now, just imagine the NYPD opening an undeclared secret police station in Beijing. It would be unthinkable. Now, China, China didn't openly admit this. This is just off the wire. Um, we found out about it yesterday, last night, actually. There are a few reasons China does this. One, allow citizens to keep their Chinese paperwork up. That is a common reason. Uh, there have been accusations that China has police stations, not just in Manhattan, but all over the country. This isn't the first time we've heard this story. Okay, and basically what it is is driver's licenses and things like that. They can keep their paperwork up to date. <coughs> the other thing is to monitor pro-democracy dissidents, both American and Chinese citizens. So a Chinese comes over to this country, becomes an American, and then goes online and starts talking about freedom and the tyranny of China. They want to control those people. There is the other reason which is more dire, is they want to capture and return Chinese, quote, criminals, end quote, back to China. These are people they see as uh, traitor, traitors, 
and probably want to uh, want to kill. There is a guy in Los Angeles someplace, so we don't know where, but apparently these guys that were arrested were actually looking for him in Los Angeles so they could arrest him and bring him back to China. Now, of course, here's the thing. We've asked for this. Our China is buying up our wheat fields, buying up our farmland. China is buying up a ton of property in the United States. And the United States is doing absolutely freaking nothing to stop it. They're just letting the... Me, personally, no defense contractor in the country should hire a Chinese person. Now, I know, it's racist. No, it's not racist. It's national security. I mean Chinese people. I used to work for a defense contractor, and we did hire a guy who was a Chinese citizen. He didn't never got a security clearance, which is a shocker. Everybody and their mother can get a security clearance, apparently. And he ended up being a Chinese national that was stealing data or trying to steal data. This happens all the time. We need to stop this. We need to stop people coming into this country. We need to stop. This is where Donald Trump was really good. He scared the crap out of China. He did not like the Chinese, and we shouldn't like the Chinese. And we don't like the Chinese, not because they're Chinese. We don't like the Chinese because they're trying to destroy this country. And Joe Biden, who's making money off of the Chinese, and I, I'm sorry, that's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. We know it's all true. It's just the media and the Congress, they just don't want to deal with it because half of the Congress is making money off of China. Hey, Mitch McConnell's a piece of shit. I don't care what anyone says. His wife is a Chinese citizen. His wife was making money in China. So was he. So let's let's call it, it's kind of like the drug cartels in Mexico. Well, why aren't we stopping the drug cartels? The same reason we're not stopping China. Our politicians are making money off of them. Who's BSing who? But this is serious stuff. When another country can come in here, set up a police station, and start monitoring and kidnapping American citizens, we got a problem. Of course. This will be ignored. Joe Biden, again, has not talked to anybody, has not had a press conference. And we got a year and a half of this shit left. When are we going to get rid of this guy? When is someone going to sit there and say, uh, oh, well, you know, Joe Biden's not that great a president. Maybe he's obviously, uh, he's obviously mentally deficient. He's obviously corrupt. Let's investigate this guy. Let's get him out of office. I mean, Article 25 of the Constitution could be used right now. Right now. But the Democrats don't want to do that because, I don't know, he beat Trump? Okay, here's our next story. This is just funny, and it's not a trans thing. The reason we know it's not a trans thing is this guy hasn't been thrown off the building and no one has thrown rocks at him. But this is kind of funny. So, according to humanevents.com, Last week, a 25-year-old Kenyan chess player, Stanley Omadi, disguised himself as a woman dressed in a burqa to play in a female category of the Kenya Open Chess Tournament hosted in Nairobi. He said in a letter that he did it, did it because of financial needs and made it to the fourth round of the competition before organizers caught on to the ruse and ejected him from the tournament. According to the BBC, Omadi 
registered for the tournament under the name Millicent Awar, Awar. He first drew attention to himself when he won against very strong players. Chess Kenyon board uh, Bernard Wanialea said, quote, it will unlikely, it will be unlikely to have any, have a new person who has never played a tournament. So in other words, this guy, he won the tournament. He was beating people he shouldn't have been beating. And it would, they were like, huh? How does that happen? Wanchalala, I, I, I'm just never going to pronounce that right, so sue me, also mentioned other red flags and said, quote, we noticed the shoes he was wearing, more masculine shoes than feminine. Well, that's transphobic. May, you know, quote, he was not talking even when he came to collect his tag. He couldn't speak. Ordinarily, when you are playing, you speak to your opponent because playing chess is game is not a war. It's a friendship, one Jala said. After Amandi won against a very strong opponent, the organizers decided to approach him. According to Wanjala, he, Omandi, acknowledged that he indeed is a man. He regrets that what happened, apologized, and said he was only doing this because of financial difficulties. So he could have won $3,000. This was a pretty big tournament, 22 different countries, 400 players. Hey, I guess, you know, if you're desperate, you're desperate. I, if you're a good chess player. First off, I never understood the whole chess thing, men, women, chess. I, I don't know why that's a thing, but I guess it is. Uh, chess, it seems like, um, I, of course, men are more mathematical and analytical than women. That might explain why they're better chess players. But for the most part, chess is not really that type of game that requires physical prowess. But then again, we've never had a, a world champion female win in the men's chess tournament. So maybe there's something there. But anyway, uh, he got kicked out. Apparently, it's not that big of a deal. They're just like, okay, they kicked him out, and that was it. He never got arrested. He never got stoned or thrown off a building or anything like that. So, well, I guess if you ain't cheat, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So good for him. Um, hopefully, if he's that great a chess player, he can join a men's tournament and win that. We'll see. Okay, this isn't right. Uh, this this is not right. I, I, I can't stand... And we still do this, by the way. So there was this guy named... Uh, Gary Carl Simmons Jr. He was known as the Butcher. Okay. And what he had done was he was with a guy named Jeffrey Wolf, who was 21 years old. And Simmons, it was a drug deal, and it went bad. So Simmons killed Jeffrey Wolf, threw him into the swamp. I think this is in, uh, I don't know what state it's in, Alabama or Florida or whatever. So he killed this Jeffrey Wolf, shot him in the head, then threw him and fed him to the alligators in a, in a swamp right out back. Then he kidnapped Wolf's girlfriend, imprisoned her, and raped her. So he was caught, he was sentenced to death, and in 2012 he was put to death. Well, the uh, I, 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 again, I can't see what he what city he was in. Let me see here. Okay, there it is. It, it was in Mississippi. So he was put to death in Mississippi. Well, this guy, so he was put to death in 2012. Now, this shouldn't be that much of a story, except apparently this guy broke the world record, and it was just released. This guy broke the world record for most calories in a last meal. 
he took in, and it wasn't clear if he actually took all of this in. Uh, the story doesn't talk about that. I mean, I don't really care if he took it in or not. He took in 29,000 calories. So according to MSN.com, it's actually Gulf Live that came up with this, but MSN reported it. His last meal consisted of this. Listen to this crap. One Pizza Hut medium supreme deep dish pizza, double portion, with mushrooms, onions, jalapeno peppers, and pepperoni. Pizza, regular portion, well, thank God, regular portion. He's got to watch his girlish figure. With three cheese, three cheeses, olives, bell pepper, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. Ten eight-ounce packs of Parmesan cheese. Ten eight-ounce packs of ranch dressing. One family-sized pack of Doritos, nacho cheese flavor. Eight-ounce jalapeno nacho cheese. Four-ounce sliced jalapenos. Two large strawberry shakes. Two 20-ounce cherry Cokes. One supersized order of McDonald's fries with extra ketchup and mayonnaise. Who the hell puts mayonnaise on French fries? He should be put to death just for putting mayonnaise on French fries. That's wrong. That's a Canadian thing. And finally, two pints of strawberry ice cream. Okay, here's my thing. Now, Mississippi doesn't do this anymore. Uh, which is good. And I personally think all states shouldn't do this anymore. I think there's really a push for this. Hey, we cook what we have and no more. We don't go to Pizza Hut. We don't stop at the 7-Eleven and get you cherry Cokes and fries. We don't stop at McDonald's. And this is what's become asinine. Prison is prison. This man murdered a man, fed him to alligators, then raped uh, kidnapped and raped a woman. And this guy feels the need to uh, feel good before he's put to death? No. I believe it's Mississippi. I, I do not, I'm not sure. It's Mississippi or Alabama, one of those states that has the death penalty and still do, does it. And they basically say, okay, the cook cooks and the cook's a prisoner. And um, he cooks what they have. If you want a steak, if we have a steak, we'll give you a steak. We'll cook you a steak. None of this Dorito shit. These people are murderers. They are on death row for a reason. Their lives should be miserable up until the moment of their death, and then they still have hell to look forward to. I don't give a damn if it's their last meal. Personally, save the money, save the money, and don't even feed them. They really don't need it. It's not necessary. And this guy, look at all this thing. So $20 for a deep dish pizza, $20 for two pizzas. Um, of course, everything is extra. So you got to figure it's another $40. He spent probably $100 on all his food. And who pays for that? The taxpayer. Well, F him. Let him be go hungry. Give him bread and water as his last meal. Screw him. He's not there to, to feel good before he's put to death on a full stomach. I'm just saying. I'm so sick and tired. No wonder. Everyone wonders why um, our legal system is effed up. I know I said I would start cussing. I'm, try I'm still fighting it a little bit. Okay, so New York. <laughs> New York is such a crap hole. No, I, I, this one. New York's just a shithole. So, you know, I've been to New York a, a, couple, a bunch of times. I, I, I went for work. I have went for vacation. Yes, I went to that shithole for a vacation. 
but this was the time that Giuliani was go- was governor was pre- was a uh, mayor. So it actually was really a nice place. No crime, very little crime. Police everywhere. People would give you directions on the subway. Yes, downtown and uptown means literally downtown and uptown if you ever take a New York subway. Just a little FYI. For example, Manhattan and the Twin Towers were downtown, whereas uh, the um, Empire State Building is uptown, so if you're going to take a subway. Just a little FYI. Um, Their pizza is really good. Okay, their pizza is excellent. But in the last few years, uh, basically... When I started leaving my job and stopped going to New York, it was becoming crappier and crappier. Now, they've got a ton of crazies. Um, it's over. It's overcrowded. That's the one thing about New York I, I did not like about New York. It was overcrowded. There are crazies everywhere now. Crime is, is up 60%. Uh, I, I, you can get pushed on the subway. Everyone's taking taxi cabs. No one wants to go on the subway anymore. So it is homeless all over the place. It smells like pot because they're drugs legal. Drugs are legal over there. It's basically, it's a shithole. There's no way to explain it. Now, I've just given you all the reasons New York sucks. All of them. I always forget the one major thing that makes New York really suck. And it's the rats. They have monstrous rats. These things look like cats. They are that big. As a matter of fact, there's a a video going viral of what they said was a rat running around a deal. It it actually didn't look like a rat. It looked like more of a more of a beaver or something. It was it was really big. But the reality is the rats are all over the place and they are huge. Well, New York wants to deal with this rat problem because you know people don't want to go to New York to visit. Now, of course, it's not the rats, it's the crime, the homelessness, the the smell, the dirt, the filth. I, that's really why they don't want to go. That's really why everyone is leaving. But New York has decided that they're going to, to fix this rat problem. So they've come up with a good one here. Um, there's a new rat czar in charge of New York City. And she is dead set on laying waste to the Big Apple's most notorious infestations. Of course, the homeless and the crime is probably more infesting. Quote, the rats are going to hate Kathy. He's talking about the rat czar, Kathy Karardi. Uh, Going to hate Kathy, but we're excited to have her leading this important effort. End quote. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams said in announcement at St. Nichols Park Wednesday. Quote, rat mitigation is more than a quality of life issue for New Yorkers. Rats are a symptom of systemic issues, including sanitation, health, housing, and economic justice, said the rat czar, Kathleen Corrardi. Okay, well, at least she's got the woke jargon going. The only thing she didn't throw in there were the rats were transphobic and racist. But she, you know, the economic justice thing, that, that yeah, that's what it is. It's, so she's got it. And of course... She says it's systemic, which we can put systemic racism on there, so that works out okay. Continuing with the article, by the way, all that systemic rat thing is why everyone's moving to Florida. Quote, I mean, people would rather deal with the alligators, the pythons, 
the bugs the size of helicopters than deal with the rats, the crime, and everything else. But they don't think like that. Quote, I'm honored to lead this work, grateful to Mayor Adams for this opportunity, and look forward to sending the rats packing, end quote. The actual title of the Rats R position is a citywide director of rodent mitigation. As Rat Czar, Kathleen Corardi will be the first dedicated member of the mayor's office working solely on reducing the city's rat population. Wow. So, that's important. If we have a rat problem, let's create a bureaucracy. That will fix the problem. Nothing like a new, brand new bureaucracy. Now, there might be something tickling the back of your mind. How much is this broad going to be earning? How much money is New York actually going to stick into this, quote, rat problem, end quote? Well, just an FYI, and leave it to Fox News, because I was wondering this. I thought, maybe they're not even going to talk about it. All the way at the end of the article, they did. Um, She will be earning, get this, $155,000 a year. And the bureaucracy bureaucracy itself has a budget of $3.5 million. So, that's money well spent. Alright, now let's get to something serious. Now, if you again, the Chinese thing, as far as I'm concerned, I thought was the most serious. But this is also serious. It's also ridiculous. But it's more serious than ridiculous because... It could really shape, it could really set us into a path that means the Constitution is completely ir- irrelevant. So, according to who, who sent this, the Daily Wire, where is it here? A California church has been ordered to pay over $1 million in COVID fines after the church did not enforce a county social distancing and masking requirements. Superior Court Judge Evett Pennypacker ordered, uh, that's his name, I'm not kidding, that's his name, Pennypacker, okay, ordered the Calvary Chapel San Jose to pay $1.2 million in fines after it did not follow COVID restrictions put in place by the Santa Clara County, requirements the church, requirements the church said violated their religious freedom. Quote, it should appear clear to all, regardless of religious affiliation, that wearing a mask while worshiping one's God and communicating with other congregants is simple, unobtrusive, giving way to protect others while still exercising your right to religious freedom, Penny Packer wrote. There's a big problem with that statement. We now absolutely know the masks did not help at all. And the fact that he is still citing masks as stopping the spread of the disease is pretty good. Uh, is a pretty good appeal. Is a very good appeal, as a matter of fact. Okay, continuing what he wrote. Quote, unfortunately, defendants repeatedly refused to model, much less enforce the gesture. Instead, they repeatedly flouted their refusal to comply uh, with the public health orders and urged others to do so. Who cares what the cost, including death? The church will appeal the ruling, according to the church attorney, Mariah Gondiero. We look forward to establishing more precedent on appeal that will have far greater implications for the future, she said. In other words, this is going to the Supreme Court. And essentially what this is, what this is, quite honestly, 
this is a war on the church. Okay, this is, they say it's a Catholic church. I think it's actually Calvary or Protestant in some way. I don't think it's a Catholic church. Uh, And the reality is this should easily be thrown out by the, the appellate court. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals throws this out. And the reason is there's already a lot of precedent on this, and this is over punishment considering the ineffectiveness of masks. And now we can throw social distancing. That's been ineffective. That was that six feet crap. That was just thrown out there. Okay? That was just thrown out there. That was not an actual, that was an arbitrary number they made up. They had no science to back it. And the ineffectiveness of the vaccines. This just looks like the state is taking it out on a church, and the church doesn't have the money for that. It will actually close the church down. So this isn't going to go through. What scares me about all of this, the excessive fines, the fact that the judges alert, is I'm just afraid one of these days it's going to get to the Supreme Court and they will strike this down. They will, uh, I'm sorry, uphold this ruling. When that happens, when that happens, our Constitution is dead and this country is out. Now, as far as, well, you should have just worn the mask. You know something? It's a church. It's a church. It's a community. This is something that leftists just don't understand. It is a community. You are there to see people in their faces. You are there to talk to people unencumbered. There's a reason you go to church. It's not just to hear the priest and his hour-long sermon. It is there to commune with, with others who have like faiths. And you can't do that with a mask. You need evidence of that? All you have to do is look at what's happening with our kids since they've been stuck masking in school for two years. Look how mentally deficient they are. They don't know anything. They, they lack social skills. They, don't, they can't speak well. Masks kill community. Which, by the way, is what the left wants to do. They want to kill community. They want to kill the priests. They want to kill uh, uh, nuclear families. They want to kill um, anything that focuses you on something other than the government taking care of you. This is the one thing tyrannical governments do. They, they, they kill off religion. That's their goal. If you have a God, if you have a greater power, then the government can't be that greater power. And that's a problem for the government. That's why Marx called religion the opioid of the masses. And, tr- and said that religion needed to go away in order for the government to become that greater power. Okay, in our last story, um, you know, if you own a pair of Nikes and you still are buying Nikes, and, and by the way, I'm not judging. Yes, I am. I'm judging. But jo- Josie buys Nikes. Her kids love Nikes. Nike's a shitty company. I don't know how many times I have to say Nike is a shitty company before people begin to realize, or at least my listeners begin to realize, Nike is a shitty company. 
And by the way, it's not just on this podcast. Whenever someone wears Nikes and they say, I want to buy Nikes, or Josie wants to buy Nikes, or my kids want to buy Nikes, or Josie's kids want to buy Nikes, I say, I'm not going to buy Nikes. And they'll ask, ask me, why don't you let me buy the Nikes? I said, because Nike is a shitty company. And I've got so many reasons why it is a shitty company. And it always has been a shitty company. And it always will be a shitty company. And I used to wear Nikes when I ran when I ran in high school. And guess what? I learned they were a shitty company way back then. When Air Jordans came out, I learned they were a shitty company. Jordan hasn't played basketball in almost 20 years. Okay? I Read uh, the great book, Born to Run, read about Nike. Born to Run talks about Nike. They demonize Nike. And this book is 10, 15 years old. And it was based on a story that was 10 years older than that. Nike has always been a shitty company. Anyway, according to the Daily Wire, athletic brand Nike is continuing to engage in left-wing politics, sponsoring Queer Youth Day, Field Day, on the heels of the corporation teaming up with the highly controversial uh, transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney to promote women's apparel. Participants of the Memphis-based event should identify as LGBTQ+, or an ally of the movement, and fall into the broad age of 13 to 25 years old, according to the promotion of the event by OU Out Memphis. The Daily Caller reported, all, quote, all LGBTQ plus youth and allies aged 13 to 25 are invited. And why 13 to 25? Well, they, those 13-year-olds, they can be pretty cute for those groomers out there, are invited to free afternoon of games, music, giveaways, and good weather, the group said, adding that the event is free. Quote, we'll have bouncy houses, obstacle courses, face painting, tie-dye, and more. And I'm assuming the more means a guy dressed in a thong dancing in front of the kids, you know, that drag story, that drag uh, children's drag thing. Our G DJ will be spinning some summertime hits, and there will be plenty of water and snacks on hand to keep you fueled for the whole afternoon. Now, with the Mulvaney backlash, they received a lot of backlash on that. As much as Bud. But guess what? They doubled down on it. They don't really give a damn. They basically told everyone they're bigots and stopped being bigots. I find it amazing that this company sells sportswear and supports women in sports, but doesn't seem to like women very much. That's what they are. That's what Dylan Mulvaney represents. Maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. You shouldn't be surprised because Nike is a shitty company. They have done some pretty freaking terrible things. So let's go through a list, shall we? Um, they signed the likes of anti-American racist Colin Kaepernick and supported the BLM movement. They promote obesity, especially in women, through their ads. They've been doing that for the last few years. They also do it through their... Um, uh, mannequins. Their mannequins are all overweight. They they support that. Body positivity. Body positivity is one of the most dangerous things you could do to support. People die from being obese, but at least they're positive about it. 
They dropped the Betsy Ross flag sneaker a couple of years ago because it had a... Uh, this was a promotion they had on the 4th of July where they were going to create a pro-patriotic sneaker that had the United States flag on it. BLM and uh, Callan Kaepernick threw a fit, so they pulled it from the shelves. They literally pulled the shoe from the shelves. They broke up with NBA star Kyrie Irving because he basically shared a movie he saw called Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. Now, the movie is anti-Semitic. There's no question about it. But the fact is, it's on Amazon, which, by the way, is another leftist company. And so he just shared it. He liked it. He shared it. But he's not allowed to do that because of anti-Semitism or some shit. Now, I I never saw the movie. I had no desire to see it. I know it was anti-Semitic. But free speech... He should be allowed to share it, not lose his contracts. Nike executives are facing several sexual harassment lawsuits, including a um, including a class action from 14 women in their main office. Allison Phoenix uh, Felix, who was a female track star, she got pregnant, and what did Nike do? Nike redid her contract to pay her 70% less than her initial contract stated up. And she was like, "Um, talk about sexist. This is the same company that keeps screaming about women earning 70%, 70 cents on the dollar to a man. And then they cut my contract 70% because uh, I got pregnant and want a family. That's okay. Felix ended up okay. She's still very popular. And she made her own shoe brand, so good for her. Nike has been accused of creating abusive sweatshops in Indonesia and Malaysia. And of course, we can't forget about China creating sweatshops using Uyghur slave labor in China. That's happening. This is an example. When people start bitching and moaning about capitalism... This is capitalism gone run amok. This is a company that will pay slave, that will not pay slaves anything, or will hire slave labor, not hire, because you're, you're not paying them, that will have slave labor creating their shoes for about $3 a shoe, and then selling it to your stupid ass for $250. That's what Air Jordans go for. That's what Air Jordans cost. And that's how much they are actually costing to make. They don't make shoes in the United States. They make some running shoes in the United States. But most of their shoes are made in China. I would take my running shoe, my Nike running shoe right now and say, and read the inside of the tongue, the shoe tongue, and it will say made in China, except I don't have any Nike shoes. And by the way, I didn't know this because I love these types of shoes. Nike owns Converse. Converse makes all their shoes in Indonesia under sweatshops. Again, Converse are cheaper shoe, they're 50 bucks. But those Indonesian sweatshops, they make those shoes for about a buck. Absolutely incredible. And this company continues to be woke. And they don't care. Because they think you are the problem. They don't think they have a problem. If you don't buy this trans crap, that's you that's got the problem.
Okay. So we got through our stories for the week. I will talk to you on probably Tuesday of next week or Wednesday of next week. I'm not sure. Wish me luck on our marriage. Heading off to Vegas on Thursday. I love you all. God bless. And you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>